Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Rawsome Parenting. I've got my lovely co-host here, Lynn Nguyen. Oh, sure. And we've got a guest here with us today, Joanne Ma from the Modern Fort. Hello, hello. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. She's an entrepreneur, a mommy of three. I don't even know how you do it. I only have one, and I'm going crazy. <laughs> She's also an advocate for women's mental health, and she was a behavior con- consultant for families. Yeah, tell our listeners about uh, about a little bit more about this advocating for women's mental health. Where did that start? Where? How did that start? Um, I guess I was during my second pregnancy. I've talked about this a little bit. If if uh, if those who've had heard my story before. Um, I'm only starting to talk about this more lately, actually, I find, because it was so hard to talk about it while you're in it. So it's just been recently that I've been more um, open about a lot of the things that had happened during my postpartum, even my prepartum days. Um, And uh, I guess that's how it started. It started when I was pregnant with my second child. And I had gone through series, series, uh, series of really like emotional outbursts and rage. And I had no idea what was going on. I got to the point where it was so bad that I was admitted to the hospital for panic attacks. And um, that also triggered my asthma attacks and everything like that. And that was, I was pregnant with my second during this time. So uh, when that when that happened... My OB had suggested um, that I visit reproductive mental health immediately. And so that started my journey uh, with BC Women's. And, um, and then five years after that, um, getting help from them, uh, you know, I started feeling finally myself again. And, and then so it's been, it's been f- almost six years now. Um, And just the last year, I've been able to open up a little bit more. And so now that I have, I've been working with BC Women's on um, certain projects that might come up, certain campaigns that might come up to help promote women's mental health. And yeah, just trying to, I don't want to say like break the stigma because I feel like we're almost, we're almost there. Everybody talks about mental health, which is great, but I I feel like there's still um, more of a shadow towards uh, bits and pieces of it like medication is still very foreign to people therapy isn't therapy isn't too foreign as much and that's great but um maybe accessing support might still be foreign um especially during the pandemic so it's just one of those things that i i'm pretty passionate about in terms of getting help for for new moms for moms in general and just trying to create a community that uh, that supports one another. That's fantastic. It's it's amazing because I know when I you shared a story actually uh, maybe a, a couple years ago now, and that really was so helpful for me because I was like, because that's when I realized I needed to dig a little bit deeper in the postpartum journey. I was like, oh my god, okay, so I'm not alone. And it's so nice that you got brave to start sharing it more so because. Um, it's it, it was a shameful topic for me to share knowing what I know now, you know, so thank you. You're welcome. What was the hardest part about your postpartum depression? The medication. Like, I, there's a couple of hard things when you ask that question. I think the hardest part for myself was the medication and, and being, uh, being, first of all, okay 
taking it and then also having uh, support around that. Um, I wasn't supported much uh, with the medication piece. Uh, I think coming coming from a family who, um, I wouldn't say don't believe in medication, but uh, just mental health in general isn't talked about a lot. So when you're on medication, it's just a full paw, right? Uh, so that was difficult for me. Um, in the journey of postpartum, the this the biggest piece I after therapy, you know, looking back, I think the hardest part was losing myself in in motherhood, and I I couldn't find, I couldn't I didn't know who I was, and I I might not still know who I am today, but um, I'm dealing with it better. Like I I can accept the fact that this is I don't have to know who I am right now this instant because our life evolves every day and we go through phases and things like that. And for me, I was so determined that, you know, after school, this is what I was going to do. This is my career. And I was going to, you know, everything was pretty much planned out. I want to go back to this letter because there's a letter that um, I would like for us to address because you're an expert um, around having these discussions. I would really love to pick your brain on it. You earlier, you mentioned the word medication, and that was one of the hardest things for you to go through. And I think that that's a perfect segue into this letter. So I'm going to go ahead and read it. And then maybe all of us can talk about it at the end. So it says, Hi there, I'm a mother of a toddler and a five month old. I'm relatively healthy, but lately, I have not been feeling like myself. What I mean is I have not been able to think straight. My new baby cries all the time. I don't get enough rest. My partner and I are constantly arguing. I often get thoughts of what it would be like if I just stopped showing up. What would happen if I just didn't cook, didn't clean, and didn't take care of our kids? This didn't happen with my firstborn. But this time I just want to run away because I know, but I know that my kid needs me. I feel stuck, alone, overwhelmed, and I feel like I'm breaking. I've done some research and think it may be postpartum depression, but I'm not certain. I hesitate to get diagnosed because I would feel like such a failure if I was told I have depression when I never had it before. Plus, I'm against taking medication. I'm worried about how it would affect my breast milk, my mood, and my long-term well-being. At the same time, I can't go on like this. What should I do? Sound familiar? At all to you there? (laughs) Ladies. It sounds like that. Is that me writing it to you? Um, Yeah. It it, almost like a carbon copy. Almost like a carbon copy. It was, I I didn't have those uh, strong emotions, like especially negative emotions with my first. I did have a hard time with breastfeeding, which I think that that drove me nuts. Um, and then, and then it only lasted about six, six months though. And then, um, and everything else, you know, the, the happiness, the joy of development and all that stuff. I was present with my child. That all happened with my first. It definitely was my second that, uh, I got to the point where I did not want to be here anymore. Um, and I've talked about, like, I never had, um, suicidal thoughts per se. Like I never thought of hurting myself or my child, but there are, there were many, many moments where I would feel like, um, I just, I give up. I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to do this. They can survive without me. I'm just not going to do this anymore. I, I can't. Um, and it's a very difficult thing to say out loud. Uh, 
but I feel her like, t like my, I can feel the fibers just burning right now when you when you were reading that because um, many moments breastfeeding, sitting there um, watching my daughter play, and I'm breastfeeding my son, and I just have this huge blank face um, when my daughter's trying to talk to me, you know, and I don't hear her. I see her. I don't hear her. I can't respond to her. I'm so numb. And so would you say that medication was one of the things that helped you sort to get through that? Yes, but no. Okay. So yes, yeah. I do feel medication has helped me. I don't think medication alone helped me. I think medication along with uh, a lot of therapy helped. Um, it also didn't take a month of ther therapy. It also didn't take a year. It took five years of therapy for me to get to where I am today. So in terms of the medication, I understand where she's coming from, where she says that she's, she feels that she's failed. I feel like I fail every time I, I think about taking medication again. And then I think that and then I stop myself from that downward, downward spiral. And I, I say to myself, like, what is causing me to think that I'm a failure for taking something that would help me? We don't bat an eyelid when, you know, we have a headache or a hangover. <laughs> you need an Advil. You know what I mean? Like, we don't, there's no question there's no question of um, multivitamins. There's no question about certain things that you put in your body just to help you with certain things. But there's so many questions and stigma and um, and just like just dark thoughts around taking like antidepressants or anti-anxiety medication. And I, I wonder why we're so hard on ourselves for that. As a, as a mental health advocate... What what do you find to be most helpful when having that conversation with people around, you know, just just medication in general? Okay, I think the biggest thing um, that I find when talking to people is their fear of uh, being reliant on medication. Well, I want to start because then I don't know if I can stop. Like, what if I have to take this like every day for the rest of my life? And then if you, if you do think that, then I think you're putting yourself in a situation where you may be relying on it, right? But if you're, if you change your mindset to like, I'm taking this to help me get better, not to keep me from staying sane. Like that's a conversation and I think a script that we have to flip. I agree well, with that's that. That's so powerful because I, that's exactly what I think about medication. Right. I reach out to you a couple times in, in regards to taking medication and I, I never did. And I still somewhat feel that way. I'm like, okay, well, what if I take it and then I need to stay on it for the rest of my life? I've seen the adverse effects of not having proper medication. And so for me, the fear is how long is it going to take for me to find the proper dose or combination so that I could feel somewhat normal? Yeah, but listen, this is a very personal thing though, right? Like medication is a very personal choice. Um, I'm not saying do it. I'm not saying don't do it. But what I'm saying is just change the script. Just change the script in your mind and, if, and, and know that if you're, gonna, if you're going to take medication, like do it with support. Don't do it on your own. 
don't be ashamed about taking it. Like take it and get support from your doctor, your psychiatrist um, who's following up with you. So then there's the right dosage. If you're getting bad side effects, then, you know, let her or him know. This is an ongoing conversation. It's not, it's not a, you know, it's not a magic pill that's going to take all the pain away. It's not. And there's a lot of internal work to go with it, but at least the medication helps the balance, like the chemical balances, right? To allow you the opportunity to work on yourself. There's still mindfulness that's, you know, that supports, there's so much research to support that as well. Um, but there's a, it's a, and you, you, you both know this too, it's a combination of a lot of things. It's environmental factors as well as biological factors. So there's, I think the big thing, the, the number one thing is like, I think we just have to be kind to ourselves for sure. Um, we have to stop thinking that we're going to rely on medication, but start thinking that it's going to definitely help us. Um, and then, and I think that's the, that's the very first conversation we should have. Yeah, I, I like that part about talking, uh, having the conversation and really changing the way that we allow these scripts to manifest. Because, you know, the brain does a funny thing, right? It likes to edit the experiences that we have, and then it tricks us into believing that what happens to us defines us, right? That what we're going through, that our struggles become who we are, and it's not necessarily true. And so if we can at least have a dialogue around, okay, the fact that I have a symptom that's prohibiting me from showing up as a mother or a wife or showing up for myself, it just means that there is an alternative. And it maybe it's medicine, maybe it's therapy, maybe it's having a different network. But in the least, I have to acknowledge that there is something other than just saying that if I resort to any of these things, there is something wrong with me, right? Because like you said, when we have a headache, Nobody's like, oh my God, like my brain is broken and it's broken forever and I'm going to hold on to that and I'm not going to take the Tylenol or the Advil. Like nobody's going to do that. They're like, here's the symptom and it's prohibiting me from functioning and I just need to alleviate this so that I can think clearly about what to do next. So in the least we have to consider and you know, for people who don't want to take medication, there are other things, but the, the point is that you have to address the thing that is most prevalent, which is the pain. The pain is there and it's signaling something. Uh, it's signaling that it needs us to give it some attention and different attention that we then we have been giving it. Like, so I, I mean, for this writer, I, I'm hearing that it is a, ref <laughs> it almost does sound like an exact duplication of your story that you shared, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Um, and not funny in the way that this is how common it is. Oh, absolutely. This is how common it is. And this is how much it it happens for so many people in such similar ways. Yes, we have to figure out how to how to have these conversations properly. And yes, we have to figure out, you know, how to not struggle alone and all this. Kathy, what part of the letter and Joanne's share resonates with you most? Ah, uh, it's the whole changing the script, changing the script. Because our thoughts are so powerful and our thoughts become, you know, action. So th I think that's what resonates with me the most. I'm going to start Flip the changing script. that. Yeah, for sure. And I think I worked, I worked really hard the past year about the shame around it. So I'm more open to it. I know it was, I think it was last year, the beginning of last year, I reached out to you, Joe, about medication. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Mm -hmm. And now I, I no longer feel the shame around it. Um, I see how it's more of the fear, I think, now. 
So I, I think that was really helpful when you said to change the script because it's my perspective is my reality. So if I can change that a little bit and make it look and sound like more of a support system versus like, fuck, it's going to cause all these other side effects. Again, that's my anxiety showing up again. I, I see that. So that that resonates with me. But but what's more worse than a side effect than like not being able to respond to your child? I know. It's crazy, right? It's crazy. Like that's that's what's happening right now is that, I mean, for me personally anyways, that I wasn't able to respond properly. Like I, I'm embarrassed of how I responded to my children, the rage that I had. You know, the I was so impatient with that. I would snap like crazy. Um, and then trying to have to hold it all together in public. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was like, oh, this is way too much. Um, so, and I do feel like, for me personally, going from one to two is the most difficult in terms of going to one from one child to two kids. With the one we had... I mean, I had help, I had support, I had my parents, I had um, my husband, and, you know, if I had, if, if too much was going on, I can hand her off, right? Um, with two, there was no downtime whatsoever. Um, and I think I overcompensated a little bit with my second, he's probably, that's probably why he's super spoiled, <laughs> is because, like, I would give him so much attention. I honestly felt that all the pain that I put him through in utero when I was carrying him, he is the one who feels or he's the only one who's felt all my pain from the inside out. And if I could feel it the way that I felt it, you know, in this world on earth side, it's just like, he must have felt it 10 times more with everything going on inside. And I, I was, I was sure I screwed him up. I'm like, oh, he's fucked. Like he's going to come into this world and he's screwed. It's very powerful. Our mind is so powerful and sometimes it's not to our benefit. It's not. And it's, it's important to go back and say, when we talk about, so, I mean, I do want to refocus here and talk about medication because that's what this letter is about. If it comes down to what's beneath your hesitation to get diagnosed and to get uh, thinking and talking about medication in general, it's to even say this, that by the time you have, you, you said it, right? Your first one might not trigger it, but your second one will because it's so much harder when you have two. It's way different um, on your second. And then this writer has two children. You know, she she has two children and now she's saying like, there's a lot of judgment on herself. There's this word failure that comes into play. Um, and so whether or not that your fear is a failure and your fear is of addiction or your fear is of being seen, whatever it is, it's really important just to reach out um, and, and look at all the different avenues. Because if you don't do that, the alternative is what, right, Joanne? The alternative is that you don't get to be present for your child. And that is just so much worse. I think that that's way worse to not have the ability to be there. Because um, at the end of the day, whatever you equate failure to, it looks like it's tied into your ability to show up for your children. So I I feel for this writer. I'm really thankful that we had your perspective on this, Joanne, because ha- having somebody really validate that the journey, and it sounds like for this writer, it's almost identical 
The journey is just one of figuring out how to get through the smoke, mm. how to how to find yeah. your footing and how to get to a place where you can at least open up your perspective around this topic of medication. Um, I would I would like to let our listeners know that we will be providing like resources so that there's there's a bunch of apps out there, coping apps, you know, for mothers who are experiencing postpartum depression. We have Joanne who's also on social media. What's your handle on social media, Joanne? It's the modern fort. I mean I'm not I'm not actively on it as much anymore, especially during this time. Um I'm, I'm more, uh, I'm trying to be more available to my kids and, and stuff like that. But, um, I have, anytime I post something, I'm trying to definitely connect with mothers. Um, I'm trying, I'm writing a lot more. Not everything that I write is on Instagram. Um, but I do share at moments certain letters for moms and certain letters that I've written for my babies that I think moms can relate to as well. And so, um, yeah, no, it's just, it's where I can just write. Cool. So please follow her because she, your writing is... Is so great. Hits the heart. It, it really does hit some chords. Um, and was there, what, is there anything new going on with um, BC Women's? Uh, yeah, there is actually. Um, I don't have the exact date and detail, but every year Shoppers Drug Mart does this uh, this run. And this year, of course, it's going to look a little different. So I believe it's going to be a virtual run. Um, I don't know exactly what that looks like, but once I get the details of uh, when and where and all that stuff, I will let you guys know so you can let your listeners know. But this year, it, it, they are, again, supporting reproductive mental health. So all the funds that are being collected is going straight to reproductive mental health, which is amazing because they don't get much support, um, actually mental health in general. But I think now, as there is a huge need, especially during the pandemic, um, there's going to be much more attention on on, on that. So... Um, yeah, the Shoppers Drug Mart run is coming up very, very soon. Awesome. So we'll provide the information once we get that from Joanne. And I just want to, yeah, close off and say thank you to Kathy for sharing more of your intimate side on postpartum depression. Thank you, Joe, for Joanne, for coming on and sharing your journey, as well as helping our listeners to understand a little bit more about the importance of having the conversation. Thank you guys for having me. And until next time, parenting is raw. It's awesome. It's rawsome.